0: Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. And we are still knee-deep in tech, and this is the 16th episode. Well done. Well done. I had to check it out, actually. For some reason, I was stuck at 15. Don't. I hear what you're thinking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. So many possibilities. Yes. Take it away. I should take it. Oh, sorry. Oh, Yeah. Let's start off with... A new technical preview of Configuration Manager. Yay! Yay! Or, as others would say, probably the biggest racer you can get if you want to hurt yourself.
0: Ooh, now this is interesting. Do go on.
1: That's Config Manager in general. All right. (laughs) Just this technical preview, which were released in June, and for some reason it's still called 1705. But that's probably because uh, I saw that... um, David James tweeted that they will probably release another technical preview in June, and then they want to save up on the numbers.
0: Oh, I was thinking they might want to release a new June.
1: A new June, instead. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it could be. So, the big things, as I see it, and there are many others, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the others is SQL Always-On Asynchronous Commit Mode Replica Support. Which oh. makes no sense at all to me, but um, you can, if you would like, d- discuss that at some other point. Never mind. So the big things are high DPI console support.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> that's
1: nice. Yeah, you can actually run it on a modern screen now. Yeah, it looks a bit better than that's it used to. That's
0: one of the the. Um one of the most annoying issues with my high dpi screen if i go say remote desktop yep for some reason for some machines it gives me pygmy sized text font size flies
1: yes back. that depends on both the server version and your preview if you have a preview on your no i don't no nope. then it will be fixed cool so but but the real main thing i would like to talk about is the different things in Azure Active Directory that we now get. So, first of all, we get Azure Active Directory User Discovery, Mm -hmm. which basically means you can create a user natively in Azure AD, and it will be discoverable and targetable in Config Manager. So you don't need the user in your local AD okay which makes sense for many environments where you for example have students in azure AD and administrative staff in ad nice yep So, so that's great and it gets even better because now we also have azure active directory onboarding which creates a connection between config manager and azure ad so you can register A config manager client with an Azure AD identity which removes the requirements for client certificates for HTTPS for example so you can have internet based clients using Azure AD and config manager Uh, but just and, and you of course need to enable some services and so on among other things cloud management gateway but this is a huge step towards Like internet based client management. Right. And as I see it, a kind of a hybrid until you can go full modern management with Intune. Cool. If we get there, it could be that we will leverage config manager clients, but to be fair, we will probably use Intune in a few years. But now we get a hybrid. Mm -hmm. And that would also make sense again in the swede and uh, did you know that azerbaijan is that the correct english pronunciation should be azerbaijan azerbaijan we have the same school system for some peculiar reason as in the same number of years or ages or what no uh, that they mix administrative staff and education staff and therefore licenses in the same organizations oh right oh which is quite unique Interesting. So, Azerbaijan and uh, Sweden. There you go. So, for Swedes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, for other organizations, perhaps not. Now, I was going to say that neither Sweden
0: nor Azerbaijan is very, a very big dent in the market,
1: so to speak. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, and as I said, th- this is great. It shows what's coming ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's nice to see that things are happening. And it's, I, I'm still stunned by how fast the Config Manager team actually can get stuff out. Because we get one new preview every month. Mm-hmm. Which, with actual content.
0: Yeah. No, so, I'm, this new monthly release cadence has really shook things up. I yeah. mean, take, take the Power BI guys. Yep. They do the same thing. And it's not oh we fixed the typo. It is a whole new ball game each and every month. Yeah. It is hell on wheels trying to keep up. Yeah. But it is so interesting and so worth it. And I love the, the, the
1: idea. It would actually be interesting to have a closer look on how they changed the way they are working now. It or, would or how they did work previously and how they evolve that into how they're working now. Just, just from a developer point of view or a product management point of view. You know, I'll
0: actually ask Adam. Yeah, do that. And, thing. and see if he can ask Will or someone else in, in the product team.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting to see how can we learn from that. Yeah, indeed. And and that's another point I because we, as many other organizations or our employer, as many other organizations, have... Um, summer period where nothing happens in the IT <laughs> environment, isn't yep. that a bit 1990s now? The summer should be a perfect time to do stuff it from should. an IT point of view. It should indeed. It would That would also be interesting. Are there organizations that don't have that kind of freeze period during summer and winter? There has to be. It should be. Yep. Interesting. huh? Yeah, so, uh, sorry for that. <laughs> sorry for that. You, you digress. So, yeah. <laughs> Move on. All right.
0: Um, I'd like to talk about, um, speaking of, of learning stuff, it's going to be the Data Insights Summit in Seattle on June twelfth to 13. Everything fun happens in Seattle. Every fun thing except the weather.
1: Except, I love that kind of weather. You know I do.
0: Yes, you do frequent um, the, the Scottish Highlands. Yep but that is by choice. Yep. And you're probably drunk all the time anyway, so...
1: Yeah. Yeah, there of. we go.
0: Anyhow, uh, one of the uh, the keynote speakers is uh, Alberto Cairo. He's the Knight Chair at the University of Miami and a very, very renowned data visualization professor.
1: Y- just a quick question. Nightshare, is that actually a real title or... Has he invented it? No 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 um, sorry for sorry for asking <laughs> but
0: <laughs> different universities have different uh, chairs. You have um, the night chair at um, uh, at the University of Miami you have I can't for the life of me re- remember the the chair that is occupied by the what's his name
1: never mind i, no, I just it, wanted it's, to it's know a, it, it's an honorary title. it is yeah
0: yeah it is you kind of destroyed my groove there sorry <laughs> <Anyhow, laughs> he's one of my kind of heroes uh, very outspoken very very good at uh, visualizations uh, he started out as a journalist yep and he's written a few books i've read a few of them and i just can't get enough very easy to understand very, very good so uh, i'm kind of stumped that i won't be able to attend the um, summit i'd have loved to but it didn't work out this year
1: yeah. so so okay. he works with visualization primarily
0: primarily visualization yes yeah. and the um, how do i put this uh, he puts very much thought into designing the visual uh, aesthetics not just it it doesn't only look good but it's very informative as yeah. well so that's his key strength
1: that's interesting and and as we have said many times before very important today where you need to deliver a lot more information to a lot more people in a lot less time especially the lot less time thing people
0: have zero uh, patience yeah and that's uh, that's actually an issue seriously Well, keeping up with with, um, visualizations and Power BI, since the Power BI premium came out, internet has been running around in circles and (laughs) trying to find, okay, where does this fit? And how can I leverage this without having to pay an arm and a leg? And Power BI report server came out as a preview, which means that I can put up a a report server pretty close to a SQL Server reporting server It's the same thing, but with a lot of stuff bolted on top. And I can upload my PBIX file to the Power BI report server. But what I don't know yet, and it seems that nobody has the answer to, is can I put up a Power BI report server and share this data with my uh, organization and, and outside my organization without having to pay for Power BI Premium subscription.
1: We don't know yet. Yeah, and just Power BI report server, mm-hmm. on-prem or Azure, or both? Is On- it a service or on-prem. No, it's, it's an on-premises thing. It's an on-premises thing. Yes. And you don't know how to license it yet?
0: We don't know how that product li- ties into the Power BI Premium licensing, if at all.
1: What are the benefits of using Power BI report server uh, and not using SQL reporting services?
0: S- SQL server reporting services can't handle the Power BI reports. Makes sense. It's as easy as that. Yep. But a Power BI report server is a SQL server reporting services server and can do the usual reporting services stuff.
1: Which you usually have to pay a SQL license to use.
0: Which you would need to license anyways yes but it's the same thing here yep so in order to set one up um, power bi report server you need to pay licensing for sql server as you usually do but this is a beta product this is a preview so we don't know hopefully this might be straightened out a bit during the um, summit sorry if i'm
1: dumb here but do you have the equivalent service in azure Power BI now.
0: No. No. So so they're creating an on-prem thingy. When it it comes to Power BI, yes, you do. That's the whole powerbi.com. Yeah. But a reporting server, no. So basically, this is a way of doing whatever you have done in powerbi.com on your own
1: premises. You can basically export things from Power BI. No, you can't. Not so much export as run the whole
0: reporting service
1: thingy
0: on-premises. Yep. Okay. Yep. And it's generally for security purposes. Yeah. Some kind of people don't like their data to go up in the clouds. And- yeah. Fine. Whatever.
1: Okay. So, moving on. And it, it it's it strikes me how something that should be relatively easy suddenly were made so complex. Hmm. Just because of licensing.
0: Yeah. But the um, the thing is with <laughs> when you trot out a new thing. Yep. and say, this is the best thing that's <laughs> happened since sliced bread and we only charge you five grand a month for it. That's
1: going to bend some hairs. But that's basically what Tesla does. <laughs> it makes sense. Did, wait, what? Yeah, it's the best thing since sliced bread or sliced cars. You pay a lot of money to get it. The equivalent of Power BI Premium.
0: That has got to be the worst comparison that I've ever heard. Sorry, I'm moving on. Yes, please. I'm tired. No shit.
1: (laughs) So, uh, last week I had the honor to attend uh, a conference that we are, or uh, our employer is hosting each and every year for CIOs. And I had three sessions, one on what is a modern workplace in general, which we can come back to, because that's the session I wasn't too happy with. Okay. Uh, I had one session together with one of our colleagues on how to successfully implement Windows 10 and Office 365, Mm -hmm. which were a huge success. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... Also, a discussion session thingy on lessons learned from Windows 10 projects, right? Which people didn't want to leave afterwards. (laughs) That's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. It it turned out really well, and it and and the good thing about this conference is that it's a a very everyone is CIO or the equivalent, basically. Mm -hmm. And you mix both public and private sector in a very good way. And also company and organization sizes ranging from a couple of hundred employees to a couple of hundred thousand employees. Okay. So it's, a, it's inspiring in that sense. Um, but moving back to modern workplace. Right. The session name basically were the modern way of work and how it actually works okay and the thing about this one were that I ad- I-, I sent in my abstract mm-hmm. for the session mm-hmm. and it came back in a totally different way so when I received the session they have changed the title they have removed the ex- ab- uh, abstract and it wasn't a breakout session anymore it was a discussion between what? me and customers okay so what I was planning to sh- talk about was actually imagine like my uh, HP X3 with the laptop and yep, Citrix yep. and stuff and uh, modern management, kind of a techie session because mm-hmm. that we have that session every year and it shows like the cutting edge of what you can do. Right. But now I had to redo it. And actually make it into a more fluffy kind of session. Mm. So what, according to you, is the modern way of working with IT from from a user perspective? Flexibility. Flexibility. Would be my my primary word.
0: Uh, I'd like to have the ability to seamlessly switch between... Devices, yep. having my windows, so to speak, just move with me. I'd love to not have to lug around a full-size computer if I don't have to. A phone-size thing would be just fine. I could seamlessly share data with people inside and outside of my organization. As much as possible should be in the cloud. Uh, you know,
1: Yep. did I miss something? No, but what you did miss is that's your view. And flexibility was the thing I wanted to emphasize in this session. Uh That, yes, what you're describing is probably the modern way of working if you work with IT or if you know things about what you can do. All right. But for other people, it may only be the flexibility to. Yeah, you are sitting on that chair eight hours a day, five days a week, do what you do and then leave. And my point were that we often are trying to implement what you're describing for everyone. Kind of overdoing things. Yeah, which for some people actually will hurt the way they are doing their work. Because they aren't used to that kind of flexibility. They aren't interested in that kind of modern air quotes thingy. It will only make them confused.
0: Okay. So, that, so uh, that's I, I have to shoot a question
1: there. How do you take these people forward? Why do you need to? Focus on making their way of working as easy as possible with the best possible tools for their work style. So what you're pretty much saying is focus on the
0: support aspect of the IT yeah, f- for
1: For those kind of people, the most important thing is everything should always work.
0: So the modern workplace for them
1: is always working?
0: Yeah. Interesting. And very much, I like your thinking.
1: Yeah, so flexibility, for sure, but not always in the way that we are looking at flexibility. And as both I've stated and will keep on drilling into people's mind, but also something that VMware said during the conference, always have the user in focus you are we are here only to support the user and their work yeah, and if we have that first in mind for all individual users or personas, if that's easier to work with. We will get there. Some may not use the bleeding edge of technology, but they will be happy as long as it works. That is a
0: very, very good point. Yeah. And one of my pet peeves, that IT is always a supporting venture. Yeah. Um, could I just pick up the thread and... and yeah, sorry. Um, actually added to a discussion that I've had over the the last weeks. A couple of my customers come with pretty much the same question. We have a single instance SQL Server database and we are running something for our clients or customers. We want increased redundancy. What do we do? That's a very common question and my Return question is okay. What do you want to? Uh, why do you want your redundancy? Is it to decrease the time required for patching, or decrease um, the impact of a server failure? What, what do you want? And usually, they have the answers to those kind of questions. We want to patch quicker. We want to uh, guarantee that our systems are up, and running, at pretty much all time of the day. Okay. In SQL Server, that's fairly simple. That's spelled always-on availability groups, which is a bit of a tongue twister. But that's an enterprise-only feature. Yep. Um, since you need to license both nodes of a two-node uh, always-on availability groups cluster, that would mean around eight times the licensing costs as opposed to one single machine. That usually is met with, oh, that's too expensive. Can't we have something else? And of course it's expensive, but what would it cost if the stuff go down? Yeah. So what do you need to answer the question, how much can I... Spend on availability.
1: Yep.
0: SLAs. Yep. Easy as that. If your SLA says you should be up and running in five minutes, pay. Pay up. You cannot. How do we reach that goal? Exactly. And very few, it turns out, customers of mine have SLAs to their clients. A few of my customers even exempt the patching time from the uptime. Which is very cleverly done. Well done. Yeah, but how do you how do you handle that kind of? It's 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 not a technical discussion. It's a philosophical discussion.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I in a way, recognize that question because I, that's something I'm faced with now with Windows as a service. Also, mm-hmm. that why have Microsoft done this? can't they change it because we have the, the time money whatever right to handle it mm. and it's it's not the same but it's the discussion is the same either you pay up or you're in a seat where you just have to be happy with what you have yeah and and in your availability discussion i think that's essential and and like, like we spoke about earlier, when customers start to basically require insight, mm-hmm. transparency, mm-hmm. they can't get away with these, to be honest, quite cheap excuses not to have it available.
0: Well, it's it comes down to revenue. I mean, eight times... Yep. The the price, that's yep. a huge price tag, especially if, if the, the first price tag wasn't cheap to begin with. Yep. But then again, if, if you are going to have a service,
1: yep. you
0: need to make sure that it's available.
1: Yeah, and, and put it the other way, if, if the customer got that back, yeah, we need to raise your price tag by this amount of money, mm-hmm for you to get this kind of availability would you be okay with paying that the right. customer i would guess would say no well then, then, we, we, then don't that, we have this today it's that's a good question yep yeah. and and that puts the focus on it people are as far as i can see expecting availability that's
0: a very very dangerous word expecting i mean yeah. the assumption is the mother of all fuck ups yep especially in tech but this kind of brings me to my, my final point. Always make sure that you read the fine print. Yeah. What kind of availability is actually available when yeah. you buy a service?
1: Yeah, because today we only see the ninety-nine point nine 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 nine, and then the little star.
0: The little asterisk. Yeah. yeah,
1: true. So so read what what's basically in it for you what does the percentage actually mean?
0: Mm. And what what does it entail and what what is exempted?
1: Yeah. Yeah there we go. Um I would would just like to raise um kind of on the same subject, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Is that something you are ever faced with when it comes to discussions regarding IT solutions.
0: Sure, I mean the um, the main discussion with sustainability is is the the cloud. Yep. No, we don't want to have a data center. No, we don't want to pay for cooling or whatever. We want to put this in the cloud in order to decrease our carbon footprint.
1: And now, now I'm going to be blunt. Do, have you ever had that discussion from a sustainability point of view? No. No. It's no. from a financial <laughs> point of view. Yes. Yeah.
0: No. Well, it's it's um, it's even worse. It's partly a financial point of view and a yes, let's stick in a box point of view.
1: Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Because I I to be I don't have those discussions frequently either. But with client management, it's a lot easier to look at. We need. The screens to go black after three minutes. Right. We need um, power consumption to go down this many percentages. We need uh, p- patching in the evenings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we, we actually had a discussion on, on the conference as well. What can we do to actually get sustainability into the cloud and data center discussion as well? Because right. it, I believe it's a lot more common from the client side than it is on the server side. Mm-hmm. As one of the customers said, yeah, we, we are recycling our client machines, but what happens to our networking equipment when they are done after perhaps 10 years, as opposed to client machines being done, air quotes, yeah. after three years? Sure. So it was, do do you see that we will have that you in your data center and cloud focused area will be having those discussion moving forward? That's a
0: very good question. And I would say in general, no. But considering where we work, yep. we can bring sustainability up on the agenda higher since ATIA is very, very much committed to sustainability. Yep. And speaking of the the networking stuff Cisco has a um, rebuy program yep. so to speak but sure you could you could uh, recycle
1: yeah if, of course you can yeah but I think it, it's not as obvious no with switches and routers and so on as it is with client machines switches and routers are fine but servers it should be recyclable yeah I'm sure it is. but I think it's not it it's not as common. No. To do that. No. And I believe that people still are thinking that you can't recycle a server in a secure way. Why couldn't you recycle a server if you can recycle a client? Ask other people than me.
0: Oh. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And we also spoke about the sustainability of clouds. The (laughs) sustainability... That's the name of this episode. Sustainability (laughs) of clouds. Yeah, but no one... Is discussing that, or very few are.
0: I don't see many, as in asking questions. What's going to yeah. happen with the the uh, spent
1: hardware? Yeah, kind of. Or where do you get your electricity from? How do you cool? That's easy from the wall. <laughs> from it's wall. from the wall socket. That's how I <laughs> power my data center. Yeah. No,
0: it's it's good questions. So basically, but, what n- you're saying is. We need to put the sustainability questions higher on the agenda even when we are yeah. taking in tenders and stuff like that.
1: yeah because neither microsoft ibm amazon google whatever are putting focus on it they are only saying yeah it's more sustainable if you have it with us than if you have it by yourself okay but in reality is it
0: i would say yes without a doubt a you co everything in yep. one place. B, see where the, the data centers are placed. They're usually placed where there are ample cooling yep. with water. Um, electricity is always an issue, but you can always get better efficiency when you put things. So I think, yeah, yep. I'd but say yes.
1: I think that that's something we will see for marketing moving forward. Indeed. We have the most sustainable cloud.
0: We Our cloud is more sustainable.
1: Yes, Yeah. Um. On on that, (laughs) I think it's time to end the show. I I think so. Well, see you next week. Thank you. Bye.